welcome back to another episode of Talk It Up with Tia Monique. I am your girl, Tia Monique, and it is time to talk it up. I want to go go ahead and say that this episode is going to be deep. <laughs> so it's not going to be fun, but it's going to be very deep and it's going to be very informative um, to, to everyone who may be going through this or have gone through this or who just need to know that they're not alone when it comes to this. So today's topic is a very taboo topic in the Christian world. And today's title is Porn, Me, and Christianity. Yes, (laughs) I said porn. I did say me. And I did say Christianity. And we're going to talk about all of that when we come right back after this word from our sponsor. So welcome back. Um, And so like I said today, we're going to talk about a very taboo topic in the Christian community. And it is one that is borderline controversial. I can never say that word right. (laughs) Controversial. (laughs) And um, I have experienced it. Um, I used to be addicted to porn. A pornography if you don't understand what I'm saying and I want to tell you my story and I want to tell you what I did um, to get over it I guess you can say and what I'm doing right now to still make sure that I stay um, away from it so a little bit about my story is that I was introduced to pornography um, at an early age uh, age uh, nine or nine ten I think it was you know about ten years old and um, it wasn't like um, in your face in a way um, I was at my then mother's boyfriend's family's house <laughs> if you can say that and I think my mom was out on a date with him at the time and I was left there with um, his other family members who were in town for that weekend. I think, I, think, I think it was a family reunion weekend for his family. And I was there. It was late at night. And I hung out with um, his nephew, two of his nephews or family members who were around my age. One was... 10 or 11 I think it was and the other one was like older than us he had been like three years older than us I think it was because he was I think he was a teenager but I think we were around like 10 or 11 and um we were all up really late and um I remember um the oldest one saying hey let's go watch something and he um back in the day (laughs) Back then in the 90s, you couldn't just pick up your phone because there really wasn't, there wasn't cell phones. People had car phones. You couldn't pick up your phone and just get a hold of pornography. You had to watch it. Okay, sorry. I had to move to another location. So like I was saying that, um, the family member had, um, said, hey, you know, 
you want to watch something. And like I was saying that, you know, you don't like in like today you can just access pornography anywhere, you know, on your phone or a TV without even having to do much effort. Well, back then you had to um, call pay-per-view. <laughs> and if anybody know, if you were, if you're like over 35 you remember pay-per-view. And I'm not talking like pay-per-view where like you recall and um, order some boxing match. This is like pay-per-view calling to order. <laughs> like you would call and order a channel, you know, um, from your cable company. And that's what happened. So he ordered, um, he ordered something. I didn't know what he was ordering. I thought he was ordering a movie. And, you know, I don't know. I'm innocent. I'm 10, 11 years old. I don't know. So then it comes on and I'm sitting there like, oh my gosh, it comes on and, and I don't remember if there was a plot. I don't remember if it went into it right away. I just remember that after a while, next thing you know, it was not a regular movie. <laughs> they people, two people started having sex. They started kissing and, and touching themselves and, and started to have sex. And I had never seen it that explicit before i mean i had seen like you know some little bit of snippets here or there in some movies um but not this um so i'm like oh my gosh and that was my introduction into pornography um to the point where later on that night like after uh, i think he heard somebody moving around in the back because an adult family member was there who was supposed to be watching us. We were supposed to be asleep, okay? We weren't supposed to be up. So an adult family member, they thought he heard moving around, so he cut the TV off real fast, and we all went back in the in the guest room and went to sleep. And uh, I was only on the floor, and one of the other, um, the other um, family member was laying on the floor, and because um, there was a lot of people in the house, I think. I, it's, it's very... <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't hold me to everything as far as like <clears throat> trying to fact check me because I mean, of course, who are you going to ask anyway? But anyway, I do remember the key points. The key point was we watched pornography. We went back in the room. I lay down to go to sleep and one of the family members started to touch my breast. And I was like, what is going on? Right? So my introduction to pornography was shock and then it what I wouldn't is I wouldn't say molestation because the person was my age but I was being felt up by someone that I didn't want to be touched that way and at that point I had never been touched like that before nor should I, ha I have ever been because I was 10 I was 11 years old you know so anyway fast forward that happened um and then, of course, throughout the years, you'd expose to more things as far as like sex and what you see on TV between videos and magazines and um, more movies that came out. <clears throat> um, my next. <laughs> so fast forward was um, at a high school. I found pornography again and not this time, you know, the 2000s. Now pornography is more accessible. You know, people have cell phones. You know, you can watch things more explicit. 
on HBO, you know, um, what was it, Real Sex After Dark or something like that. So when I was able to, I started to order um, pornography on my, uh, on the TV. And at this time, you know, you didn't have to call it in. You could just press a button and it would just order it. And it was like, boom, right there in front of you. And I started to watch it more. And it wasn't as shocking before. And I think because being exposed to it at the young age of 9, 10, and then being exposed to a lot of R-rated movies that had a lot of sexual scenes in it and very explicit songs that we were singing, not realizing what we were singing. And then seeing it again now mind you it's like it's not like you know during the daytime it was happening it was like always late at night so you always know that most of the things that happen that are sexual usually are late at night stuff (laughs) at least for me anyway so late at night and then you just started watching it and i was watching it and by watching it i became promiscuous and um those two things were related to each other and I did not know that was the problem um I now know I didn't know I had a problem with pornography until I got married that is when I noticed I had a problem so I got married when I was 21 like three months shy of 22 and um Every time my husband and I would have sex, um, I would always have to close my eyes and in order for me to feel it. So like there was no connection. Like there was no sexual connection between him and I. And it wasn't his fault, it was my fault. Every time I would look at him during sex, I would I could I couldn't connect. I didn't get to turn on. I had to close my eyes and I would visualize what I had already been aroused by from a porno flick. And that went on for years. (laughs) I mean, it went on for years and to the point where, where, you know, I was, I would, he was in the military, so I would watch it while he was gone. And when he would come back, It just basically, I did not know until after we got divorced, which the pornography didn't have anything to do with the divorce. But after the divorce and going through therapy, I realized that the pornography desensitized me to having a real connection with my husband. And that's why I want to talk about it today, because I was going to church at this time. I have been going to church all my life. And you hear those things that tell you, you know, sex is bad until marriage, which I did not adhere to. I'm not going to lie. I was not a virgin when I got married, um, which I said. And um, then you go through this thing where it's like, well, how do I, how do I fix this? Because I know, I knew what to do as far as like, okay, just go to church. All I remember growing up was the way you fix your problems was you prayed and you go to church. You pray and you go to church. There was no other life application 
there was nothing else that was taught. It was like, if you, if you sin, repent to God, ask for forgiveness, but make sure you're at church. Make sure you're at church. Make sure you're there Sunday morning. I'm sorry, my voice is, <laughs> is fluctuating because I just, my heart is beating talking about this, but cause I'm so nervous, <laughs> but I, I feel like this is very imperative for me to talk about because there, I know there are so many women and, and probably married women who struggle with pornography because so many years throughout our lives, we've been shown that, oh, pornography addiction is a man's problem. And it is not. It is a human problem. Anybody can be exposed to pornography and it can become an addiction if it's not caught early. And, and if you don't know how to deal with it. So during therapy, I realized that, I, like I said, I desensitized um, my feelings towards my husband to the point that I couldn't have a real sexual connection with him. Um, so because of that, it just, it just, it kind of made our sexual experience as husband and wife kind of like forced so um i think halfway through our marriage or maybe a little earlier i went ahead and i I told him i said you know hey i struggle with this i struggle with watching pornography um you know back then we had pcs you know we didn't really have you know everybody didn't really have these flat you know laptops and everybody wasn't on their phone it was we had desktop computers and so our computer would get a virus on it because I would watch pornography on it. And we had to keep, you know, scrubbing the computer with virus, you know, um, CD, whatever what it was, CD-ROMs, whatever it was, you know, you, to clean and download a, the Mac virus, you know, because I would watch it. And he wouldn't know because I would try to make sure I deleted all the history. I had to find time, like, look, this is why, this is why this is going on with our computer and this is why our sex life sucks <laughs> because I have to close my eyes to in order for me to be in it. And the crazy part was like, okay, he was like, you know, okay, we're gonna work this out, we're gonna pray about it, blah blah blah. So um, around this time when I told him about this, I actually um, we were in Florida, we were in Florida, and I was going to a church in Florida and. Um, a great, great church. And the pastor was talking about the daily, um, I think it was called the daily sin of fornication or something. Like, it was something like that. It was about fornication. And he talked about pornography and, and how it can, you know, it, it can ruin your lives. Um, if you don't deal with it and find out the root of it and how we need, we need to find someone that we can talk to about it. And that was like, that was the one thing I never told anybody about it. Like when I was a teenager and I'm 18, 19 years old, when I was watching it, it was like, I wasn't watching it with anybody. I was watching it by myself. And you didn't, you didn't really talk about it with anybody. You would hear people talking about something they watched porn, but it would be so taboo. Like, oh, don't say, did you do that? Especially a, a girl. Only like um, guys would talk about it, you know? So to be now, you know, at the time, I think I was like, it was after my, my second daughter was born. So I had to be like 28 
And um, to be at that time to tell him to hear a pastor actually talking about pornography in the pulpit. That was like, oh, no. <laughs> they are not. Let me talk about no pornography in the Black Baptist Church. We do not talk about that. Look, either you, if you're sinning, you're sinning. Whatever your sin is, you need to get it right with God, repent. But you need to be at church every Sunday, every Wednesday, every evening service. That's it, you know. And so the first time I'm hearing this pastor talking about pornography in church. And I was like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, this is okay. Like, I just felt like my heart sank as far as like, oh man, I this is a problem. Like, I, I didn't even tell my husband. So that's when, that's when I told him. And so when I told him and the pastor had gave all these good points, which I don't have. I wish I had them, but I just wanted to talk about this so bad that I did not. <laughs> I did not. I, I don't know where that CD is. I have no idea where it is. But um, after um, I told him about it and I said, I knew what I had to do. I had to stop going to the sites, stop staying up late at night, um, stop, stop listening to music that that triggered it. Like there were certain songs that triggered my sexual desire outside of being with my husband to be with myself because even though people play on the oh masturbation is great you know masturbation is you know good for you you know you you need to know um how to you need to know your own spots your erotic spots you know blah blah whatever sometimes master to for me masturbation is a trigger (laughs) masturbation for me is related to pornography and I have never been able to, I've never been in a situation where I have masturbated and did not have pornography. It just wasn't there. <laughs> it wasn't there. So that could not happen, you know? Um, so I had to make sure I did that. I had to make sure I didn't watch certain things um, on TV uh, that would trigger it, Um so I need to calm down. I need to breathe. <laughs> I need to breathe. <laughs> Somebody pray for me. I know you listen to this after I uh, recorded this, but whoo, <laughs> I need to breathe. Okay. Um. So um, let me calm down. Let me stop yelling too. I feel like I feel like I'm yelling. I feel like I'm yelling. Let me calm down. Okay. So after I told him this, after I um expose my secrets to him then it didn't get any better so the pornography I wasn't watching it anymore but now that I wasn't watching it having sex with my husband I didn't want him to touch me because now that I had this information about what I was doing to myself to my spirit um to my marriage I hated sex at that point I did not like sex I didn't want him to touch me I I just didn't like it and so like sometimes I had to like you know I had to make myself get in a position to have sex with my husband I would just lay there I felt like I was being raped but I wasn't but I I mean I wasn't being raped I just felt like I was because I was just laying there I was not a participant in 
the sexual experience between me and my husband. And that was so, um, it was bad. I would cry afterwards in the bathroom. He wouldn't hear me, but I would cry because I was like, I'm not supposed to feel like this. But it was because of the pornography. I had watched it so much and I was always by myself so much, taking care of myself sexually so much that I didn't I could I didn't know how to have a sexual experience with my husband. I mean that's crazy, right? It's like and that's why I want to talk about this because if you are listening to this and you are currently watching pornography, you have to find a way to stop because it will ruin your relationships. If you're not currently in a relationship, it will ruin your relationships. I know people say, oh, you know, I can watch porn with my spouse. It's still going to ruin your marriage or your relationship with your your husband, with your girlfriend, your boyfriend. Pornography is so bad. It is so bad. People can't even work. If you Google porn addiction, you will see testimonials of people saying that they were so addicted to porn. They couldn't work. Especially now with the cell phones, you can act. I mean, it's sex in your pocket. Pornography now is sex in your pocket. So I heard somebody else describe it, you know, in that way. It's around there. So, but yeah, it's like sex in your pocket. You know, it's, it's always there. It's, it's, it's always accessible and people can't even work. Imagine somebody who, who works from home, who's addicted to porn. They can't even work. Because it's always on their brain, and they always want to do it. They they they're chasing the next high. They they're they're trying to find the next video that's gonna trump, no pun intended, that last video to give them a a, a higher orgasmic experience. Sex is a drug. Sex is a drug. Now it is something that God gave to us to be used in the right way. Have I have I used in the right way? No, I did at one time when I was married. I was I was husband and wife, and the bed is undefiled. And me and my husband, we enjoyed each other as much as we could. But I have had sex outside of marriage, and I've had had bad relationships because of that. And I've had bad um I and I haven't I haven't been able to connect with someone because you get so attached to someone, um. Because of what they can do for you in the bedroom. That you get blinded by who they really are. So I have had really bad experiences. And that's why I've been at practicing abstaining from sex for so long right now. Because I know that God's best for me is not to have sex outside of marriage. Now if you currently have sex outside of marriage. That's between you and God. I am not up here to tell you what to do with your life. And your sexual life. Because I am not perfect, I am not a saint, and I have lived both lives. That's between you and God. But I know for me, 
being abstinent right now is the best thing ever. And I had to learn how to overcome the porn addiction. So, Tira, what is Christianity doing? Christianity has a lot to do with it because no one talks about it in the church. There's, I back that up. That's wrong. I'm not going to say no one. There are not a lot of church ministries that really get into the root of pornography. They don't. If pornography was not bad, then those porn um, magazines would be up front and center in the in the stores. Yes, I know a lot of people don't read magazines anymore, but if you've gone into a store like a Walgreens or any store that sells magazines, if pornography was not bad, explicit sexual content was not bad, you would see it everywhere then. Of course, now, yes, they make everything about sex. They make eating butter <laughs> about sex on the commercials. But nine times out of ten, you know, you don't see those explicit pornographic TV shows during the daytime. You don't watch Price is Right and have the Price is Right. You watching Naughty Betty, <laughs> Naughty Betty and Susie getting it on with the plumber. You know, it, it don't happen like that. It's not on... It's not like that. Yes, cable TV and the local channels can get a little raunchy at nighttime. But that's the thing. It's like a nighttime thing. You know, why is this Why is this always coming on at night in the dark at nighttime? Because it is a dark thing. It is a dark thing. There's nothing wrong with sex. But there is everything wrong with something where... You are addicted to it and you can't even do anything outside of it. I was to the point where I would come home from work um, when I was a teenager and I was working. I would come home from work and the first thing I would do is I would go and watch a video. I wouldn't do anything else. I would watch a video. Um, I would then when I was trying to practice abstinence, I would I would masturbate and watch pornography all the time because I was like, well, you know what? One way for me not to have sex and not sin that way is to do this. <laughs> and you you convince yourself that this is okay. I'm not as a Christian. I'm not somebody as a Christian. This is from a Christian standpoint. A believer, a believer of Jesus. And you tell yourself, okay, I'm not engaging in sexual immorality because I'm not having sex with anybody because I'm not married. So I'm not having sex with anybody. So I'm just going to have, I'm just going to take care of myself so that I won't call the wrong person to come over and have sex with me. Or I won't go over to somebody's house and have sex with them. And I know some of y'all do that. I know it because I've done it and I'm not the only one. God says that in the Bible, it says that there is nothing new under the sun. So everything that's going on today went on in the Bible times. So I know I'm not the only one. I know you go and buy the vibrator from the love store, from the adult store, and you watch something on TV and you go, you know what? I'm not going to have sex with so, so-and-so. I'm just going to take care of myself. While watching just porn. 
And then as a Christian, you still get up and you go to church. Because most churches are are preaching about prosperity and how to love one another and how to serve in the church. How to do everything else except for tackling pornography addiction. People who are insecure about the way they look and they feel like they can't, they can't, um, they don't, they're not going to be successful pursuing anybody. They are addicted to pornography too. A lot of men and women out here who don't love themselves and they go, you know, I don't love myself enough. Nobody's going to love me. So I'm just going to do this. I'm going to watch this porn. And that's going to be the end of it. So I want to tell you how I got past it. It was not easy. It was very, very hard. And I think anything worth having is worth working towards. So if you want a life free of porn addiction, I'm speaking about porn addiction. If you want a life free of it, the, the first thing you have to do is you have to tell God about it. God already knows what you're doing. He already knows what you're watching. He already knows what you're listening to. He already knows you wake up in the middle of the night and you turn over and you go to your phone and you and you search porn. You search, you go to your favorite videos. He already knows. He already knows. You can't hide it from him, but he wants you to tell him about it. He wants you to say, God, I have a problem. I need your help. I can't make it through the day without wanting to have sex with myself. I can't make it through the day with wanting to watch other people have sex. I need your help. I, I, I want to be able to function without this. I want to be able to have a well-meaningful relationship with someone without always objectifying their body as soon as I see them. Because that's what porn does. Every time you see a person, you're not even thinking about who they are as a, as a human being. You see them as, as, as an object of, of your sexual satisf- satisfaction. <laughs> I'm sorry. Satisfaction. <laughs> I'm sorry. I said that wrong. I'm sorry. I'm getting worked up here. But you do. I used to see guys, and the first thing I would think about is, oh, I wonder how good he's in bed. I wonder what he's working with. And I know women, I know men do the same thing. When they see women, if you're a man and you, outside of the normal, oh, you know, she looks good, she got a banging body, you know, he looks good, you know, he got a nice body. If you are watching pornography all the time, you don't see that person for who they are. You see them as a potential person to have sex with or someone that you can fantasize about when you go home at night and you masturbate. And you go find a porn video that looks like them. They were Spanish, you go find Latin. If they were Asian, you go find Asian. If they had pretty feet, you go find a pretty feet fetish thing. If you know, if they were in if they had on some leather, oh the first thing you think about is, you know, bondage. And you go look for that. It is a bad habit. It is. A, and I don't, I know people say, oh, don't say bad. It is. 
It will ruin your life where you can't function. So how do I do it? Like I said, I told God about it. Okay. I told God about it. He already knew. I told somebody that I could trust. Two is I told somebody that I could trust with what I was going through. And that, and at that time, it was my husband, who is now my ex-husband. But you want to find someone who is trust, who is trustworthy with your, with your secrets, not somebody who was going to tell everything. You know, the Bible says that we must confess our our faults to one another. So confessing it starts the healing process. It takes you out of 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 the guilt and the shame of it you know it takes you you know from hiding from behind it because when no one knows about it i'm not saying you have to blast it off to everybody but when you don't tell god about it even though he already knows he wants us to tell him because he's a he is a god of free choice we have to come to him he's not gonna make us do anything so once we go to god about it and ask god for help and then we go and then we find somebody who we can tell what's going on and we say you know hey I'm struggling with this. And you want to find someone who who knows how to pray. <laughs> I'm not someone that got to be a Bible bumper. They ain't got to be no um no pastor. But you want to go to somebody who is going to help you get through it. Who's going to make you accountable for your actions. If they If you tell them that, you know, hey, I can't stay out late at night because the longer I stay out at night, I'm going to end up you know, doing some things, you know, because pornography, it doesn't just, it doesn't just stay at home, you know, it doesn't stay in your bedroom. It, it pushes you, it pushes you towards the strip clubs. It pushes you into meaningless sex with, with people. I did that where, you know, you just, you just, you just want to, you want to get this off of you because it comes to a point where pleasing yourself is no longer doing it for you 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 have to have someone who can fulfill that need for you because now you know pleasing yourself with the vibrate or your hand it ain't working so you end up getting involved with people who you don't even know you don't even know them from nothing you don't even know their last name you go out you have a drink you meet up with them you go back to their house sex because in your head you're thinking about that fantasy that you just watched on that video and you want to, what is the word? You, you, you want to make it a reality for yourself. So find someone who you can say, look, if I say all the other night, this is going to happen. If I have a drink, this is going to happen. Um, I can't watch certain movies. You know, someone that you can call and say, look, I'm having this urge. There is a um, movie called Thanks for Sharing. And it's about sexual addictions. That is a good movie to watch um, with your accountability partner, friend, so that they can see what you're going through. Because sometimes people don't understand what you're going through. They go, oh, you know, it's just sex, man. It's just a porn. Nah, it's deeper than that. If you ever had something in your life where you felt like you can't live without you can't go a day without it. That's an addiction. And then when you try to get away from it, it like it screams your name at night. Like you're just laying in the bed and it's like, oh, you just feel your body saying, touch me. Just touch me. <laughs> you do. 
just touch me. I'm telling you. I would lay in the bed and I would just feel my body saying, touch me. Touch me. <laughs> touch me. And it's crazy. And you go, I- I'm not going to do it. Because it's like, when you try to, to to not do it, everything comes at you. You notice you notice more things that, you know, that, that heightens, you know, your your lustful desires more. And, it, and just, you're like, oh my gosh, I just can't. What, what am I going to do? So one, go to God about it. Two, find somebody you can trust who can help you get through it. Pray with you through it. Um, another thing, there's a there's um, a groups called Celebrate Recovery. You can Google Celebrate Recovery. And there are many churches in different facilities that have Celebrate Recovery. And they tackle everything from pornography addiction to um, alcoholism, anything that you're trying to get over, a divorce, anything. But for the, for in this instance, um, for pornography addiction, seek them out. Also, um, what I did was, like I said before, I stopped listening to certain music that would trigger it. I stopped talking to certain people that would trigger it. If you know that guy, that girl that you talk to and they all they talk about is sex or they always say things like innuendos that that are sexual excuse me don't talk to them if they send you a text don't respond if they call you don't answer block them just be like look it, it, it ain't personal you don't seem as a bad person but you have your life at stake if you want to have a life where you're not Looking for your next orgasm. <laughs> you know, every time you think about it, then you you, you want to put those boundaries. You want to put those blocks up that will protect your, your heart, your mind, your soul, your spirit. If you're married, you have to figure out what those triggers are. Because you, you, you don't want to... That addiction, it just, it just it seeps into your marriage. It seeps into your your family life it seeps into your job so that's what i did i also i stopped listening to certain music i stopped i stopped talking to certain people um i got therapy i didn't specifically go to therapy for it but after the divorce i was in therapy so it came up so i went to therapy and when i went to therapy about other things going on in my life, the pornography came thing came up, and so I was able to to get to the root of it, and I and it and it took me back to when I was first introduced to it, and it took me back to insecurities, and it took me back to me feeling like like the only thing I had to value out of my life was a sexual experience, and that's not that's not true. And so I don't want you to feel like you're a disease or that you can't live this life without um, watching a pornography, watching a porn video. I don't want you to feel like um, <clears throat> that you're some kind of outsider because you're not the only one who goes through this. There are people in the pulpit <laughs> who call themselves pastors and leaders and ministers of music and who go through these things and they don't talk about it because 
then that would knock them down out of their position. But find a church that talks about the things that no one wants to talk about. Find a church that talks about sex and addictions and pornography and talks about how to live a life without them and how to seek God on it and how to get through it with accountability partners. Um, Don't go to a church that only wants to condemn you and tell you that you're a sinful person and you must repent and that's it. If the church that you're going to does not tell you how to get over things in your life, because the Bible is not about telling you what's wrong with you. It's about telling you how you can get over them, how you can get through them. And the Bible, and I think it's Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That means I can't do this on my own. I can't get over this addiction on my own. I can do it with God. I can seek him for his help because I can't do it in my own strength. Because when I try to do it in my own strength, I'm going to fail. I'm going to get right back on that same wagon of addiction. And even today, even today, I have not watched porn in years, but even today, it's it's still like there's there's always that, oh, 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 (laughs) you know, it's like with any addiction. If someone is an alcoholic. It's still a, it's still a one day at a time thing. Once you once you get to a point where you're no longer doing it anymore, that doesn't mean that you're totally free from it in a sense because it's still there. You still have the memory of it, and you have to work on it every day. You have to tell yourself that I am bigger than this. I am an overcomer through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is he who is in me than he is in the world. And that scripture means greater is God who lives inside of me than myself who lives in this world. I can be bigger. I can I can overcome my problems. I can overcome the addiction of pornography because God who is inside of me. That's what that scripture means. I know for a long time, I was like, people always say that greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. Who is he? He is me. Greater he. First is greater he that's in me. He, the first he is God. Greater is God that's in me than me, myself, that's in the world. So when I have God on the inside of me and I ask God to come into my life and take control over my my addictions and my problems and my my um my sin. Take control. Give me, give me the abilities to, to get through this day and every day. Then I can go through my life a lot better. But I, I have to, I have to give it to God. You cannot do this without God. You cannot do this without someone who can help shepherd you through this. I met a guy right now that I am currently dating and he and I have the same, we have the same um, story. That's how I know it's not just me. He also um, grew up young and was exposed to pornography at an early age. He also suffered through it. He also had a problem with masturbation to the point where he just stopped having sex for three years. So... 
It happens. And by talking to him about it, that's why I'm talking talking about this today because by me sharing my story with him, him sharing his story, story with me, it made me feel so much better. Like, oh man, somebody who understands me, someone who's going, who, who is still every day making sure that they are accountable to themselves and to God and that they want to they want to live their life free of this. Cuz it's not about being a perfect Christian, it's not about being a perfect person. It's about living your best life. It's about living your life to the fullest extent where you don't have to have these type of burdens on you. The burden of pornography and sex and addiction. Any kind of addiction is bad for you. Addiction to food, cigarettes, alcohol, shopping, gossiping, anything. Any anything that takes away your livelihood of living your best life is is not good for your life. It's it's there is no no reward in it. So I thank you for listening to me today. Um I want to say that don't allow anyone to make you feel bad about what you're going through because the person who's not struggling with pornography, they're struggling with something else. So they can't they can't put their nose up to the sky and act like they're better than you. And if they try to do that, then you remove yourself from them. Because that's not the kind of person you want in your life. If you go to church and you tell your pastor or a minister and they all you want to do is just pray it away. Oh, we're just going to pray. We're just going to pray. No. I need, yes, thank you for praying for me, but can you also help me? What else I'm supposed to do after I leave church today? <laughs> because that that's like the main thing. It's like people say, oh, just go to church. But what, I'm, what am I supposed to do when I leave here? When, when, when I leave these four walls and I've done all my singing and my shouting and my praising God and I heard the great word of God, what do I do when I get in my car when I have a cell phone that is open and ready for me to search porn, Pornhub, or Red, whatever. It's right there. What do I do? I'm going to tell you what you do. You seek God and you ask him to help you. God, right now, I'm struggling with this. God, right now, I feel an urge to want to go on my phone. I feel an urge for me to want to go on my phone and, and, and search something. That's why Google actually has a, um, a feature that you can go into your Google settings and you can put on um, data safe search. And so... If you ever have that need and you find yourself typing in porn, it's going to pop up and say, oh, we cannot find those results. <laughs> How do I know? Because I know. That's why I haven't been watching it, because I know you, you go in there. It's late at night. You're up late. You don't watch a movie that has sex in it. You're not trying to have sex right now. And then, oh, well, I'm just going to go ahead and go on my phone. And you type in Pornhub and it says, oh, no, sorry, we can't find that for you. I'm telling you the truth. That's what it does. It's I'm sorry we can't find that for you. To the point where you would have to go into your Google settings to take it off. And that is when you stop yourself. Because you're 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 gonna have temptation. 
Temptation is always going to be in front of us. It's always going to be around us. But that's when you say, God, help me. When I am about to do something I'm not supposed to do, stop me in my tracks. Holy Spirit, stop me in my tracks. Let me not self-sabotage my life because of something that you created. You created sex between a man and a woman for me to be with my spouse, not for myself, and not for me to watch other people have sex with people who are not their spouses, or sometimes they are their spouses. That's why all these things opened up, swingers clubs, and because people weren't satisfied with what God had already created. We had to, we had to become satisfied with what God already created. What did he create? He created sex for, for us to, to express our love to one another in a marriage. And again, I am not judging you if you are not married and you are currently having sex. Again, I want to say that I have been in that situation where I was having sex and I was not married. I'm just telling you what God said. I'm just telling you how sex was created, what sex was created for. In the early times, oh, it was like created, oh, let's create sex just for, to procreate and habitate the earth. But then it, but then it transformed. But I can't go into all that because I'm, I'm not a sex scholar. I just know what I know. And what I do know is that when you have sex in the right environment and in the right parameters of what God says, then you will have soul ties. You will have the wrong person telling you, hey, let's go have, let's go bring somebody else into our bedroom. Let's go out and you know, go to a single swingers club. Let's go to a strip club together. All that stuff deems from pornography. Back in the Roman times and the Bible days, they didn't have videos, but they were doing it. They were doing all this stuff. They was having orgy parties. They weren't filming it, but they were they were drawing it out on the walls of the pyramids and wherever they were living in the castles, wherever they were living, they were drawing it. So people were seeing it. Pornography didn't just pop up now after Christ. It was all it was always there. It's always been there. That's why you can't be afraid to tell somebody about it and to own up to what's going on. And I just want to tell you that women, if you are struggling with this, you are not alone. And you're not a bad person because of it. You are a warrior you are an overcomer you are beautiful you are strong and you can get through this with god accountability partner with a journal you have a journal just you know write down your feelings and your thoughts and your and how you're feeling um devon franklin he has a book um I forgot what book what book it is, but there's a um a lust prayer in it, a prayer about lust, and and it's a prayer that 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 talks about it's you talking to God, asking God to help you, help you not give into your sexual desires. 
and you should find that prayer and pray over yourself every day so that you won't give into the addiction again. So again, this is not to judge anybody. This is not to tell you what you should and should not do. This is me telling you my story and how I how I was exposed to it, how it wrecked my sexual experience with my marriage, um, how it kept me it it kept me out of the it kept me out of the blessing of God. Honestly, it did, and how I've gotten over it, and how I'm still every day doing my best not to watch it. So, I thank you so much for joining me today. I thank you so much for listening to my story. If you have any comments or suggestions about today. Please leave it in the comments. You can find me on uh, Anchor, Google, <coughs> Apple Podcasts. Share, share, share. Wherever you're listening, please share this. Please go seek help if you need it. Please help someone who needs it. And if, some, and if someone comes to you and says, hey, man, I'm struggling with this. Do not laugh at them. Do not say, oh, you'll get over it. Please listen. And if you don't feel that you're trustworthy enough to handle their secret, let them know. Say, you know what? I think I might I might tell somebody about this. Don't tell me. Because some of y'all are fake friends. And you'll act like you're there for them. And then you go tell everybody about it. Don't be that person. Because you wouldn't want somebody to tell somebody, tell somebody your secrets. You wouldn't want somebody to tell your secrets to someone else. So let's be kind to one another. Love each other. Seek God first in all that you do. Every day seek God to take care of your needs and to help you get through everything that you are having a struggle with today. Again, my name is Tia Monique. This has been another episode of Talking About with Tia Monique. I didn't even tell you that this is episode number 10. <laughs> I was just ready to talk about this. And um, I hope that you were blessed. I hope you were inspired. I hope you were encouraged. I hope you were motivated. I hope you were enlightened. And again, this is a judgment-free zone. I do not judge anybody because I am not perfect. I am walking in my forgiveness that God has given me. I am walking in my deliverance that God has given me. And I am walking in my truth. And my truth is that I am not perfect. And I use this podcast to help people to get through the same things that I have gone through myself. Okay? Okay, I love you. And I hope you have a great weekend. And I will see you next week on another episode of Talk It Up. With here morning again, leave your comments, um, a voice message, and I will be sure to listen to them. And I just thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless.